What's up, guys? This is Yupcast. Uh, we are here with a special guest. His name is Eddie Clark. He's a rapper. He's really good at music. Trust really me, good. I've heard a lot of his music. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're just here. Yeah. Uh, well, and we just want to know a little about yourself, bro. You want to talk a little about yourself, bro? Like your journey, bro. Your testimony, bro. Yeah. Where did God bring you from, bro? Who is Eddie Clark? Yeah. So, um, yeah, my name is Eddie Clark. Um, I was born in Denver, Colorado, um, raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't really involved in church or even in my faith. Um, I, w- I wouldn't consider myself a real Christian, um, mm-hmm. if you say, or a real believer, um, because I didn't, I, I mean, I believed in God, but I didn't really practice my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found God um, at the age of 22. Um, I was kind of in a place of isolation from a lot of people um, that were in my life at the time. Um, And, you know, I started rapping when I was 17, 18. Um, I've actually been doing music since I was a kid. Um, I sung a whole lot while I was a child, um, but kind of, you know, became a kid, uh, (laughs) played basketball growing up. And it was actually on my high school basketball team. Um, we used to kind of like freestyle to kind of loosen ourselves okay. up to get ready for games. And that's kind of where the rapping kind of started. Um, I started taking it seriously after high school um, with some of my friends that I grew up with. Um, but we were rapping secularly. And honestly, I just felt like it was probably around 20 or 21. I kind of just felt like I wasn't really myself with my music and I was just portraying somebody that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I took a break from music and it was during that time when I was, you know, away from music, I was away from some of my friends um, that I grew up with and I had actually just torn my ACL playing Mm -hmm. basketball. So I didn't have basketball either to go to, which which that was idle as well. Um, And so it was in that period of isolation where I really, found God and made the decision to give my life over to him. And so at first, you know, I was really just growing in my faith, um, found a church home, um, at greater community church of God in Christ in Marietta, Georgia, love it there, still go there to this day. Um, I've been there for about eight years now. Mm. Um, but really just growing in my faith and trying to learn the word, um, the, want to rap again kind of just came back to me and I really yeah. believe it was I'd given because wow. I was really done with music I didn't want to I didn't have any desire to go back into it um but God kind of gave me the words and it started off just freestyling again just hopping on a lot of tracks and trying to make them Christian yeah. um to kind of get a buzz and it worked started to build a fan base and you know i can't be more thankful for where i am now i really just think that it's a testament to just giving my life over to him and letting him open doors for me and you know it it, i just give all the praise to him i couldn't be more thankful and grateful so amen man that's crazy so i first question i would ask like you were saying you were um with a bunch of your basketball friends before a game or before practice and you would just like you know freestyle any of those yeah. friends ever made it out to, to rap professionally as well, or was it just you? None of them have. None of the, um, they still kind, some of them still kind of do music, um, but I wouldn't say it's really their profession. Oh, okay. um, and I wouldn't say it's mine either. You know, yeah. I, I'd like to say that I'm good at it. I consider myself a serious artist. For sure. Um, but, you know, with them, I think uh, life kind of took them into other and, in, in, you know, different paths. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, some of them actually still help me out with my music. Like some of the videos that you guys have seen of me, you know, just rapping and doing stuff like that. They're behind the camera. So, um, you know, they're very supportive of my walk and what I do. And I'm grateful for that, you know, because they've seen me in my, you know, in my secular season without God. And they see me now. They see what God has been doing with my music, how it's reaching, how it's impacting. Um, Even some of their kids, you know, they have videos of their kids, uh, you know, rapping my stuff. So, um, you know, it's it's amazing to see how far it's come and and what it's really done. And to have them, you know, be on my team and kind of help me grow is everything I could ask for because it's 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 ministering to them as well. And that's that's the ultimate goal. So. uh, So I had a question. I saw while I was preparing for this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually listened to like pretty much every single song that you have on your YouTube <laughs> and I scrolled down mm-hmm. all the way to the bottom, bro. And I realized that, um, you started rapping like 10 years ago was when you were first released your first video. And then there was like, a I want to say, was it like six year period, bro, where you didn't release anything for a long time, bro. I was like, I just wanted to ask, you know, like what, what was happening in that period? Yeah, that's the period that um, I definitely kind of stepped away. Um, The one you probably heard was a freestyle that I did um, while I was still secular, but it didn't have any cussing in it. And so um, really, you know, during that time when I made that transition with my faith and I knew that I wanted to do Christian music seriously, I deleted all of my secular songs off of my YouTube and off of my sound soundcloud as well yeah um and so that's kind of where a lot of that gap is i mean there was definitely secular songs after that first song that you probably heard but um you know that was the one that stuck because i felt like it was still a good song and that's when i kind of realized i don't have to curse in order to reach or in order to make good music um you know i i respect the art um that comes with making music but I also feel like you can be heard without every word having to be explicit. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, I definitely am going to keep keep on that. You know, I, I truly believe that at the, you know, the rate that I'm going that, you know, I can continue to reach even more Come people um, just with the music that I'm making. So that was kind of the reasoning behind that it was more. Um, I didn't want to have anything on my page that uh, contradicted my faith. So, yeah. hey, amen. Hey, talking about uh, the idea of secular music, uh, I keep seeing a lot of artists who are Christian artists, and sometimes they do collab collabs with a uh, secular artist. Like, what's your opinion on that? Mm-hmm. And do you plan to do that anytime in the future? Um, I think to each his own. I think everybody has their own convictions. Um, for me personally, I would have to see where their heart is um, with making a song with somebody like me. Um, I wouldn't want to be on a song with somebody if they're talking explicit on it, on it, um, just because I um, appreciate my audience. And to me, every song, I consider it like a sermon. Mm. So I consider it like I'm actually preaching to you. You know what I'm saying? About a specific topic. And if you can't match what I'm trying to preach, then it's not going to be a song that I'm going to put you on. I'm very, and I'm, I'm, one thing about me as an artist, I'm very strategic and I'm very picky about who I put on my songs. Mm. Um, for the first couple of years of me doing Christian music, 
all of my songs were just me only. I didn't have any features. I was like J. Cole. Like, I ain't put <laughs> nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Dang. So, um, but it took me, it took me really um, starting to learn who I liked um, within the Christian space. Mm. Um, because the other thing was, you know, when I went into Christian music, the only people that I had really heard in the Christian space were like Kirk Franklin. Um, I did hear a little bit of Lecrae, yeah. but that was it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know what Christian hip hop sounded mm-hmm. like. Um, and I think that's also to my benefit because a lot of people will say, oh, well, your music doesn't sound like, Regular, you know, yeah. church music or, yeah. you know, anything like that. Um, if there's even a sound to that. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up listening to Lil Wayne and, and you know, J. Cole and, and people like that. So my sound kind of mirrors um, those influences. But mm-hmm. of course, you know, the gospel is at the center of it all. So mm-hmm. um, it's definitely created my sound. But I would um, to answer your question. No, I probably wouldn't work with a secular artist um, unless I could see the fruit of, you know, their faith and they could make a song that ministers. Then I possibly would consider it. But again, their spirit and their heart would have to be in the right place. Okay. Mm -hmm. And going along with that, like you were saying, uh, some of the artists they used to listen to back then, what were your favorite Mm -hmm. artists before, you know, you were with your walk with God? And how has that changed now? Is there now some favorite artists that you listen to now? Or how is that? Yeah. Um, so I definitely began to create a love for rap through Lil Wayne. Mm. Um, being in Atlanta and, um, you know, I was in high school when Katrina happened. So yeah. a lot of New Orleans um, residents migrated to Atlanta wow. after the Katrina hit. And so the influence of New Orleans rap Mm. um, infiltrated the Atlanta communities. And Mm. so that's when Lil Wayne kind of got big. I'm talking, you know, this was 07, 07, 08. Like I literally caught Lil Wayne in his prime. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm listening to prime Lil Wayne. And then, you know, you get to 2009, 2010, that's when Drake comes, you know, and I was definitely listening to a lot of T.I., Fabulous, Cassidy. You know, I kind of like the battle rap um, the real gritty, you know, hip hop, Northern music. And so, um, my sound kind of, kind of mimicked that as a secular artist, I was about bars and I was about metaphors and similes and trying to get you to listen to the lyrics more than anything, you know? And so, um, that was my influence then I would say, you know, as I started to get into my Christian walk, um, at first, I was listening to a lot of, uh, like, Sean C. Johnson. I don't mm. know if you guys have heard of him. Um, I was definitely trying to trying to listen to Lecrae, how how he got to his point. Um, I love Bizzle. That's probably my favorite um, Christian hip-hop artist, I would say. Um, but, you know, as I I would say today, I like a lot of the newer people, you know. Yes. Um, one, one guy that I will, let me give a shout-out to him. Um, his name is Alano Adon. I follow him yeah. on Instagram and I really like his sound, man. Like, um, you know, of course, you know, I've worked with people like here in the light, um, Aaron, Aaron Cole, um, had a feature with him, um, Jacob soul down South in Florida. Um, so, uh, you know, D tall out in Dallas, Dallas, uh, Texas. Um, so yeah, you know, there's definitely some people now that I'm like, man, I really respect your grind. I respect your craft and just respect your art, you mm-hmm. know? So it's kind of cool to know these people because you see them kind of blow up 
And, yeah. you know, it's kind of cool to kind of kind of cool to witness their journey and mm. witness how their ministry is taking them. So, yeah, wow. it's fun. Yeah. So kind of keeping on the same topic, um, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to talk about Well, I had multiple questions, but um, mm-hmm. I think uh, on one of your recent songs, you know, you talk about the struggles of a man. And something that we we're talking about in our previous podcast was that even though we're Christians, like we still fail, you know, you can glorify God, but yeah, you you can still fall into sin and you have to be able to bounce back from that, you know? And I I'm, I forgot yeah. the title of that song, but you're talking about how you were just, uh, you know, I'm, you, I think it says, I'm a man, you know, I fail, you know? So I don't know yeah. if you want to talk a little about that. Yeah. So that was one of my first uh, songs that, really got a lot of recognition. It's called Transparent. And really in that song, I was simply saying, hey, I struggle with lust. You know, I struggle with this. But, you know, I'm fighting to become a better man. You know, Bible says fight the fight of good faith. You know what I'm saying? And so every day is a die to your flesh. And it's not easy. And as men, you know, I've always been the type of person that, I want to get us all together and let's talk. Like I used to, I I used to have my own apartment and I used to every, I think it was every third Tuesday of the month, I would, I would have like a a guy's gathering and we would literally just talk about things because I think us as men, we love to bottle stuff in. And I Mm. even said that in that song that as men, we don't like to talk about a lot of stuff. We like to suffer in silence and we like to say that we got it. And you know, our pride kind of takes over, but we need to talk about these things, you know, and that's even in the word too, that being able to talk about what you're going through can save you from that sin. And so being transparent about what you're going through, um, talking with people that you trust, or, you know, and, you know, I, it's all about your environment too. Like I'm never going to be one to be like, Oh, well, just go to church and talk about everything. And it's all going to be washed away. And you know, you'll be fine. I definitely believe in the right environments and communities are important. So having brothers in Christ that you trust and that you can confide in that aren't going to condemn you when you keep it real with them, that's what it's about, you know? And so I, I highly encourage having conversations about what you struggle with. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that's absolutely important from my walk. Um, I'm grateful for the friends that I have, that I'm able to pick up the phone. You know, I have friends I can call at two o'clock in the morning. Mm. They're going to pick up the phone and I can talk to them about what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's what you need. You need friends like that. So yeah, yeah, that's definitely important. Well, okay. Uh, I have a question about something. Oh, we were actually just talking about people that you're surrounded by. Right. And my question is, who is a person that you would say, well, besides Jesus, that has most influenced your spiritual life? Are you talking about presently in my life or it could be just somebody I've seen? It could be from your childhood. It could be from your teen years, from now, even anytime. Hmm. Um, well, I think the easy, easy one would be my pastor, of course, because he's mm-hmm. the one who... Um, whose word convicted me to want to give my life to Christ. Um, And, you know, not only that, you know, he's somebody that despite how busy he can be, um, he's always, if I pick up the phone and ask him to meet up, he's going to meet up with me and and talk with me. He's somebody that I can be transparent with about my walk. 
Um, I've done counseling with him before we've done, I've done premarital counseling with him. Um, so definitely him, I would say outside of him, probably my best friend, Will, um, who goes to my church. Um, and we kind of met through our young adult ministry that we have at my church, but we, our growth has been kind of weird because we, we were just friends, you know, he was just a guy at church or whatever, but I was going through a really rough time in my life and I don't know what it was. It was the spirit. It had to be the spirit. But Mm. one day it was, like I said, early in the morning, probably one, one 32 o'clock in the morning, I picked up the phone and I called him. And when I called him and I talked to him about my situation, he was a bit, he was able to give me that spiritual wisdom that I needed in that season. And I think ever since then, ever since I was so transparent with him about what I was going through, he's been able to do the same with me. And now, you know, we're in a blossoming season right now where he's actually, you know, in Arizona right now um, working for the MLB. Um, he's, mm. he's a scouting director for the MLB. So, I mean, God has been doing some amazing things in him and doing obviously doing some amazing things in me. And, you know, he's somebody that could say he's seen me in the valley, you know, where now, you know, we're, we're growing together. And so um, it's I, I think our, our relationship is truly that of just a godly friendship where we can talk about anything with each other. We encourage each other. Um, he's in law school right now. So he's actually the one who handles like my contracts and stuff like that. When I do features and, um, you know, shows and, and all that kind of stuff. So he's on my team, you know what I'm saying? He truly wants me to win. Uh, you know, he's, he's invested in, in, in my career, just like I'm invested in his. So, yeah. I would say my, my 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 boy Will. Shout out to Will. Hey, Will. Hey. Shout out to Will. Dang. So it's sounding yeah. like Will does everything. He's a scout. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. a, he's a like in law school. He's a pastor. How does he have time for all that? Oh man, Will Will is always busy. But you know what? You know you make time for what you want to make time yeah, for. And cool. I know I, I know he's a real friend because yeah. he makes time for making sure that I'm good. Like literally earlier uh, yesterday. He called me, FaceTime me, and he was like, bro, I need you to send me your logo. I need you Damn. to send me all your LLC stuff because I'm about to get these contracts ready for you. And tomorrow we're going to have our meeting and I'm going to have all this stuff ready so you're good to go so you have your contracts ready. Like, that's just how he is. Like, that's he'll crazy. get it done. Yeah. You know? So, and Damn. you need people like that. You really need do. people that's really down for you on your team like that. Mm. Uh, kind of switching yeah. the topic, you know, I want to talk about baptism. And just to give you a little context, bro, I was like, I want to say like 11 or 12 when I first got baptized. And looking mm-hmm. back, I was like, you know, I definitely feel like I love God. You know, eight years ago, I loved him. I still love him now. I loved him when I was five. But yeah, I feel like I wasn't mature enough to like do that decision. And today I see a lot of teenagers you know going to get baptized just because it's trendy or because their friend is doing it and i was reading on your social media that you said that you were getting you got baptized for the second time bro um i don't know if you want to explain or you know why you got baptized second time and what can you tell kids that you know want to get baptized just to get baptized you know yes that's a great question so um crazy story i would i had a high school girlfriend who i actually cheated on Mm. and um i had just graduated high school and going into uh it was that summer right after high school i was basically trying to make up 
um, trying to get back with her and to show her that I was on the right path again. I started going to her church with her. And one day I was just like, you know what? I'm going to get baptized today. But I look back and I feel like I did that not because I truly wanted it for my my spiritual walk. But I did it because I wanted to prove something to somebody that I'm doing the right thing, that I am on a different path and that I'm doing better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so the second time around when I got baptized, I was very critical of when it was the right time to get baptized. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been going to my church for a couple of years at that point. Um, I was growing tremendously. I don't think I had started even uh, doing music again yet. I was truly just, you know, going to church, um, you know, reading my Bible, you know, daily. I I had just got involved in ministry. um, And, you know, even that process was, that was growing very fast as far as ministry, um, you know, becoming a leader um, for the young adult ministry at my church and things like that. Um, but for me, it was truly, look, I really feel like I've turned a new leaf. I feel like I'm serious. Yeah. And I want to rededicate myself. I want a fresh start. Like, I want to start all over and let's do this right this time. Let's mm-hmm. truly do it because I, I want to honor you, God. And I want to wash away everything and start new with you. And that's what it was. And I've haven't been the same since. I really, I really feel like it's, it's changed me. Yeah, bro. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to what JC was talking about. Just like the idea of like being baptized too early. Cause I also got baptized around actually the same day he got baptized. (laughs) Cause we are brothers. Hey, I was, I was baptized when I was like eight years old. And I remember that I did love God. Like I had felt God's presence before and I loved worshiping. I loved, you know, just being there during worship and like listening to the preachings whenever I was at the church. But I mean, the main thing that I kind of regret is that I kind of took baptism lightly. That was the main thing that I do, mm-hmm. that I regret about my baptism. Mm-hmm. It was because they didn't really give any classes before that. Like they didn't really explain what baptism was all about. Like they just said, oh, do you want to get baptized? Yeah. Right. They never really explained yeah. what what baptism truly meant. So then on the spot, they just told me, do you want to get baptized? And I was like, well, you know what? Everyone else is doing it. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. Like, let's just do it. Right. And now I realized that I didn't really know what I was getting into, you know, and baptism is a lot more about commitment, your personal commitment with God, you know, really, truly living out what you're promising God when, when you like going into the water, basically, you're just saying that you're casting out your old self and you're becoming a new creation. But if you're right. not doing that, then the baptism is pointless, you know? And exactly. That makes me just like think right now, like, should I get baptized again? When should I do it? And yeah, I, I kind of feel like the same way, just like, when is the right time? You know, like, I'm constantly wondering, like, when should I do it? Am I really right with the Lord? Yeah. But honestly, I don't really know yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, you know, speaking on getting baptized when you're young, I don't necessarily think it's wrong to get baptized when you're young, but you have to have the knowledge and truly know what baptism is, what it means afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like a lot of kids, they just think it's, oh, you know, you get baptized because you're 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 a Christian. Like, so you get baptized, you know what I mean? But they don't really understand 
all that all that being baptized entails. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I, I'm Pentecost, so we talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit as yeah. well, Amen. which is a whole another a whole another thing. Come you know on. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, really knowing what baptism means mm. and the levels of baptism that there are beyond just water baptism, yeah. mm-hmm. all that is important, and and it's important to know before you get yourself into. Mm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Real quick question before we get into it. You said you were playing basketball with a couple of friends. So you were freestyle. How far did your did you play basketball? Did you ever want to like play for college or something like that? It was just something you would do for fun. Yeah, I had dreams to go of going to the NBA, of course. But <laughs> Dang. I mean, you know, I'm five seven, and uh, I've been five seven since I was a junior in high school. I have not grown since, and. I remember being on my, my on my varsity basketball team, yeah. especially my senior year, and I was literally I think we had a fifteen man man team. Hmm. I was literally the only one that could not dunk. And after that realization that <laughs> you know it wasn't gonna happen, I was just like, okay, you know that's just it, you know. And so um, I actually ended up going to culinary school. Hmm. Um, after high school, yeah. and I got a degree in culinary arts. Oh, wow. I work, um, I work in the restaurant business as a as a restaurant manager. Yeah. Um, so you know, I feel like I I made the right decision. Obviously, you know, I still played basketball afterwards. Yeah. I played in some adult rec leagues, and Dang. that was always fun. Um, you know, my my yeah. little brother played, and we're we're very close in age. Um, we're a year and a half apart, so. Yeah. Um, and he was the better basketball player. So, you know, I, after that, I was just like, yeah, basketball, as much <laughs> as I love the sport and I love to talk about the sport, you know, I can talk for hours about uh, basketball. What about but, your brother? You know, uh, so my brother, um, he plays in the army. Oh. Um, they have a they have a they have a team um, in the army out there in, in Korea. So he plays for that team and he actually um, has his own. Um, basketball league here oh, in wow. Georgia. Um, so, but he got commissioned out there for a little bit. He's taking some classes out there and he comes back and either, I think May, either May or next month or June. Mm. And so his basketball league will start back. Um, but he loves that stuff. Like that, yeah. he literally breathes basketball. He sleep, <laughs> breathe. So yeah, but you know, we love the sport as a family. Sure. We've always, we played AAU. So we traveled yeah. and we played against, players that are in the nba today so we were very competitive growing up man well it sounds like basketball didn't work out but tell will to scout you for the mlb a chance a question i would have real quick is um you know the song that you're talking about about transparent i feel like a lot mm-hmm. of artists and a lot of people just in general like not even just music but just a lot of people in their walk with god they like to they like others to to think that they're perfect where they wouldn't really put their mistakes out there. They want their image to look perfect. So as an artist that I know that you're very genuine about what you do and you're very genuine in talking about these issues and talking about what you go through, what would you say to someone that like, what would you say to someone in up and coming artists that, that wants to be genuine, that wants to really speak and not just say whatever is like, like considered like good in culture. Yeah. Um, I think amongst 
us believers, we've heard the term, you know, the prosperity gospel. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think in this industry, there are people who preach a pros like they do prosperity music. Yeah. And to me, that's just not going to go anywhere. Come on. You know what I mean? It's not going to, it's not going to truly deliver, you know, it's not going to heal. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. It's not going to create disciples. Yeah. So for me, I've always, you know, being Eddie Clark, you know, I used to be E-Dot. That was my, mm. that was my secular yeah. rap name. Right. And so when I made the switch to go with Eddie Clark, I made that knowing that this is the real me. Mm. Like I'm going to give you everything of me, Come not on. just the prosperity, not just the good things, not just the, the Instagram, you know what I mean? Not just, you know, so the social media where we all, where we only post our, our good things, you know what I'm saying? But in my music, you will know, you know, that I'm struggling with this, that I'm dealing with this. And it's not because I want to say, Hey, like, you know, this is just what I'm going through. It's meant to be relatable to the listener, yeah. but it's also within that message is to show that there's going to be growth in that, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, that you can be delivered from this too, because I was delivered from this. So I yeah. speak about past experience. A lot of times I like to bring up the fact that I smoked weed like mm -hmm. crazy a lot, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like God delivered me from that. And so, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll reference my, my struggles with that, or I'll, I'll reference, you know, the fact that I'm in a relationship right now and I need to hurry up and get married because <laughs> it's getting hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So our cameraman just like went that. like this. <laughs> saying, yeah, yeah, he agrees with you. Yeah. <laughs> we agree with you. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah. Like, so, you know, and, and I, I know that a lot of believers deal with that thing. Mm. So as an artist, we know that being relatable is what creates more fans. Yeah. And if you want more fans, you got to be able to relate to them. If you're talking about stuff they can't relate to, it's not gonna get. It's not gonna go anywhere. So as Christians, preach the gospel, but be relatable at the same time. Because I've been there. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Talking about fans, real quick. Um, you know, we started this nonprofit organization, just a bunch of uh, young men. And uh, congrats. You know, yeah. thank you. But uh, just you know, as we're like growing, I mean, we've done this for like three months barely, and like we've grown a lot. And I feel like you know. Um, when we try to go for clout or I guess like focus on numbers and stuff, you know, mm. that will always leave a, lead us to disappointment. You know, yeah. like every time you chase yeah. fame that you go up and then you go straight down at one point, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you deal yeah. with that? You know? Um, I will say that it was very hard for me in the beginning because yeah. I used to see people and I used to compare myself to them and wonder why I'm not where they are. Um, and I think that's where you fall, you know, in that place of kind of slick depression, like where, you know, you're like, is this really even worth doing? Because it's not going where I want it to go. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I like to, what I do now is I celebrate small wins. Yeah. So if there's something that I, that I've done at this point that I haven't been able to achieve before, that's a win. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's growth. Mm. So organic growth is always the best growth. You're going, yeah. as long as you keep doing something, you're going to get better and better at it because it's repetition. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but then the other thing is the more you keep doing it, the more it's going to grow. 
Like mm-hmm. it's it, it if you plant a seed in the ground and you water it, it's gonna grow, right? So if I keep watering this tool that I have or this gift that I have, and I truly know that it's of God and that God is has ordained it, mm-hmm. then He's gonna grow it. Yeah. So um, now we as especially as um, millennials, mm. you know, and, and younger people, we're very, you know, people like to say, you know, we're a microwave generation. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree because a lot of times we just want the fame tomorrow where we want the clout tomorrow. Mm. But, you know, God's timing is way better than our timing. And sometimes that may take five years. Sometimes that may take seven years. And everybody's walk is different. Everybody's growth and their story is different. But as long as you remain true to what God has called you to do and you do it the way that he wants you to do it, it's going to grow. Yeah. You know, real quick, I just want to talk about you were saying small wins. I've even seen your small Mm -hmm. wins in my life. For example, like we, we had a Friday service, right? This is our youth. And we had a youth night. And um, so my girl actually put me on to your music. So I came and. JC is part of the media team, right? So I go into the media room and I'm like, hey, because we usually play songs before service. I'm like, hey, like play this song real quick, right? So I download it. I send it to him. We play the song and then like people come up to him after service and they go like, hey, JC, like we always got slaps on for before service. Like put me onto the playlist or whatever. (laughs) And people were coming up to me like, put me on. I was like, I was like, dang, this goes hard. And we were just listening to your music before service. So even for me, like I've seen your small wins where, you know, you may not see all these numbers real quick, but even like in the unnoticed things, you see that people are like, dang, this is genuine music. This is something that's impactful. And this goes hard, too. And we want to listen to that, even though you might not see it. You know, other people around the world may see your music and they'll be like, you know, this has impacted me. So for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, and thank you for saying that, because so that's great that, that honestly, that's so crazy that you said that. And um, first off, Thank you for playing my music. That <laughs> means a lot. It really does. Um, but I'm actually going through that same thing with my uh, youth youth um, ministry because they're a little older. And so um, me and my girlfriend, we're trying to kind of bring a younger, yeah. you know, kind of feel to the youth ministry. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do now is start playing, you know, Christian hip hop and different artists and stuff like that. Yeah. In the beginning of service, just like you were doing. So that's really cool that you're doing that, too. Um, but, yeah, you know, and that's the other thing, too, is like you never know who's watching or who's listening to your stuff. You know, you may think that you only getting two likes or four likes is 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 nothing. But people have watched it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They may not have clicked a double tap, but yeah. they're watching it. And you never know when that time is where that certain message that you preach speaks to them specifically Mm. and then they reach out to you and they're like hey like yo you might not know but i've been watching your stuff man and i just love what you're doing like there's been so many times i've gone out to places and people are like hey bro i've been seeing you go off on instagram (laughs) and i never even knew they were watching my stuff Mm. you know what i'm saying so um i've always like on my last album one of the things that i said before the song started is i said you know a lot of times I get in this place where I'm just like, I need to reach this many people and this many people. Mm. But my ministry is the most effective when I just 
focus on reaching one person. As long as I reach one person with this message or with this song, then I know that I've done enough, you know? And so with you guys, I encourage you to just reach one person with that podcast. As long as it reaches that one person and it ministers to that one person, then you've done enough. You know what I mean? And and let it grow from there. And it will. Amen. You know, kind of talking on to that, um, you know, we do TikToks mm-hmm. and we're just like preaching and uh, uh, doing prayers for people on TikTok. And uh, okay. uh, so recently we had a meeting and I was like, we we're just talking with all the boys that, that are in the nonprofit. And I was just telling them, I was like, hey, if you guys like are questioning if what we're doing is meaningful, I challenge you guys to go look in the comment section of one of the videos that you guys put. And, like, if you go look, like, there's, like, a bunch of kids that say, hey, like, this made my day. Or, you know what, like, I was going through something and I was thinking of ending it. But, you know, I watched your video and, like, I decided not to. And there's, like, tons of comments, you know. And I think that motivates people. And especially, like, music, you know. Like, you'd be surprised, but, like, you hear a song and that says, like, bro, I'm, I'm battling through this. I'm battling through that. You're literally just motivating people and saying, like, you're not alone in this. And, you know, God's with you and you could you could go through this valley, you know, and I just feel like yeah. there's just there's just beauty and like things like that, you know, like we don't see it all the time, you know, but there's beauty and it happens, you know. Yes. And, you know, the great thing about that is, you know, it always comes at the right time at times where you feel like, man, maybe this isn't working. You get that DM or you get that comment that's just like it's confirmation. And that's how you know it's God, because he he reminds you, he reminds you through people that what you're doing is right. And Mm -hmm. it's it's truly edifying. And, you know, as far as music goes, one of the things that I love about music as a ministry tool is the power of music is so deep. You know, like we subconsciously say lyrics in our head. We're singing songs in our head as we go about our day. So uh, for me, what I saw that as is an opportunity to minister to somebody to where if they like the song, when they're going about their daily tasks, they could be saying the word of God while they're, you know, while they're doing whatever they're doing through the music that I make for them. So understanding the power of music and using it in the right way, you know, God has given me that ability. And I, you know, I can't be more grateful that. It's, it's, it's impacting that the, the way that it has, you know? Okay, so a while back, you were talking about the older generations, and I actually want to talk about that. Um, yeah. Me and JC and a lot of people in, in this Youth Uprise project, we actually grew up in Hispanic households, yeah. and the thing with Hispanic parents is that they won't always understand the lyrics of music, but they will listen yeah. to the beat, and they will come to conclusions. Yeah. Have you ever gotten, like, criticism from the older generations about this genre of music that you have decided to become part of and, you know, they use it to spread the gospel, but simply because of the fact that it's rap or hip hop or whatever style, um, they begin to criticize it. Have you ever received that like personally? Personally, I have not. Um, and it's crazy because I go to a very traditional church as well. Um, and so there were some, there, in some areas, there was some tug of war with some of them with certain aspects, not necessarily music per se, but just church things, you know, that I was just like, why is it like that? You know, why, why don't we do this? Um, you know, and stuff like that. And it's not to knock the church because obviously it's important for all of us to be in church, Mm -hmm. um, and to be around the body. 
Um, and so I, you know, I highly encourage church, but, um, I do, I do see where that comes from, but you know, you got to think about people like Kirk Franklin who gave a different sound to gospel and people knocked him too, but then look at him now, everybody loves it. Right. So, um, what you just have to understand as that is that it's just not for some people. Um, and you know, I went into that with a, with an open mind saying, you know, this music is for my generation and the generation after me. It's not yeah. necessarily for the older generation. You know what I'm saying? Um, and who's to say, you know, when we get older, we'll be on this stuff. And there may be something new, some dubstep yeah. Christian, <laughs> that, you know, music that, you know, we don't like. Because we're like, what's this? Like, why do y'all like that? It yeah, sounds that's so That's whack. Different. You know? <laughs> <Mumble> <laughs> yeah, like, that's whack. It's like mumble rap. So, um, <laughs> you know, but music is a preference. And, and uh, you know, when you understand that, it's just, hey, like, you know, your parents might not like that music, but you're edifying God by listening to whatever music as long as it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I try not to look too deep into it. Do you have a question? Because I have one, bro. There you go. Uh, so, um, I think I was listening to one of your songs and it said that, um, nowadays, like people that refuse to believe in God, like consider themselves woke, you Mm. know, and, and in today's culture, you know, people like, you know, they have a really bad mentality towards Christianity. Like, I mean, uh, the school that I go to, it's very, uh, just uh, liberal, you know, just to not say it, but Um, but you know, mm-hmm. I've seen people start speaking about God and, you know, they start looking at them funny. And when, um, I started posting about God on my Instagram, I used to have 400 views and then I started, I started posting about God on Instagram. Now I'm only getting like 80, 90 views because a lot of people yeah. get offended by that, you know? And, you know, yeah. maybe you want to go and talk a little bit about that, you know, about this modern culture. Yeah. I think the line that I said was we're living in a time where Jesus Christ is a hoax. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that it just speaks to the fact that we're just, we're living in the world, you know? And so the world kind of rules in this, uh, you know, time that we're in. And as you can see, it's getting worse and worse. Like it's not getting any better, which we know is where we're entering those end times, you know, but um, that's why, you know, it's just important to be grounded on what you believe in. And, you know, I understand, hey, if I was a secular artist, I'd probably have blown up or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, a lot of us can say that. I, Like I said, Bizzle's probably my favorite artist. And I remember he talked about how he had a record deal as a secular artist. Mm. And then when he, you know, turned, the leaf, turned his leaf and, you know, he gave his life to Christ, he kind of lost that and had to kind of start over from scratch with his career. Mm. And I think it's, I think it's, it's that way, whatever profession that you do, um, when you're honoring God, it's not going to be looked at as big as the world. Uh, For me as an artist, like you see packed out shows for the secular artists, but if, you know, a lot of our Christian concerts, it's nowhere near, you know, the numbers that they're doing, or yeah. we're never even reaching the sales that they're doing, yeah. you know what I mean? Or making the money that they're making. So the devil is the, the devil is definitely the ruler down here, but we know that Christ will win that, um, you know, at, at the end, I'll be all. And so, um, that's what I believe in. I have faith and, you know, I'm not worried. Like, again, like when it comes to views and it comes to likes and all that stuff, 
if you get so wrapped up in that stuff, it'll consume you, man. Like it really will. And I've, I've been in those places before. And sometimes I'll have to, I'll have to step away from social media. Like I'll take fast from social media every now and then just to Mm. make sure that my mind is rooted on the the task that he has for me, Mm. you know? So, um, honestly, social media has become one of the, the biggest detriments to people's faith nowadays because now you're at the point where people don't even want to share the gospel anymore because they're afraid of how many likes and how many comments they're going to get on it, you know? So, um, yeah, I just try not to get wrapped up in it. Yeah. So how was it when you first started your your music? Because I know, um, like, you know, we mm-hmm. a lot of the times we think about the views, we think about this, like, even if we don't think about it. Like, I remember when we when I went to Texas and I started posting on TikTok about God, we were like, we're going to pray for it, we're going to fast on this, and we're, not, we're just not going to be on our phone, and we're not going to look at the views, we're not going to care, even if it hits one person, and we... We post it. A second later, I'm on my phone. Like, who's it? <laughs> like, like who's seeing it? <laughs> like, like, you know. So, so, how was it when you first started? You know, how was it like? You know, getting attracted to views, getting attracted to like publicity, and now overcoming it. And now it's like, you know, that doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I'm not gonna act like I'm completely. You know. Yeah. I don't look. Um, you know, I think everybody wants that kind of viral moment where yeah. your stuff is has reached. Um, everybody that it could possibly reach the maximum amount that it could reach. Um, so of course, as far as marketing, like that's something that's important to my career is making sure that it reaches, you know? Um, because for me, I know that I make good music, but now it's like, how do I get it into the hands of more people? Mm. And so for that, I have to research, I have to, um, look at, what what my my uh, posts are doing, how many people it's reaching, how can I increase that number? You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, there's a difference between using it for business and having an emotional attachment to it, yeah. which is where we go wrong. And that's where, you know, you start to get upset because you're not here, you're not here. Mm-hmm. I don't specifically set goals for my growth. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't say, hey, I want 10,000 followers by this day, yeah. you know, or, you know, by the end of the year or something like that. Like, that's not something that I think would truly help my ministry. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just about how can I grow my ministry organically? Um, and I know that social media living in the time that we're in, that's one of the biggest tools to be able to do that. So I more use social media for business rather than, you know. Yeah. personal game okay another question would be like you were talking about do you have a team or is it just you that reach searches i know you said that your pastor will is you know helping you like doing you know just bring it out and reaching more people and helping with yeah. logos and all that type of stuff yeah so i'm building a team right now okay. um I, I don't have i wouldn't say like i have like a pr team or anything mm-hmm. like that i'm actually in talks right now um with a manager Um, that's probably about to be finalized here in the next couple of days. Um, and that's one of my closest friends too, who I've done ministry with in the past. Um, you know, he has a background in sales, so it just makes sense. You Mm. know what I mean? As far as a business move. Um, I, I really don't want to, anybody that I put on my team, I want to be able to trust them and I want to be able to have a relationship with them before they're put on my team. Mm. That way I know that it's truly organic and it's not just like, 
a business move and, you know, you want what you want out of me and I want what I want out of you. Like, I know that there's real investment on both ends and I know you're going to be looking out for me and my growth, just like I'm going to look out for all of us and make sure that we all succeed. So, um, you know, Will's on my team. Um, I have a new manager. His name is Joe Vaughn. I've known him for a couple of years now. Great guy. Like we used to do ministry together, um, college ministry together. Um, so, you know, we've been through a lot together as far as growing in our walk. Um, and then my girlfriend, she helps out a lot too. Mm -hmm. So that's really all I got right now, (laughs) but Hey, that's enough for me right now. You know, I know that all of these, um, partnerships that I have are all organic. They're all ordained, God ordained. So, you know, God will grow my team. Of course it's something I'm praying for, Mm -hmm. but I know God God will grow my team on his timing. So I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. Mm. You want to have a question? I have a question. So if you, but mm-hmm. yeah. all right. So um, while I was scrolling again through your Instagram, <laughs> I mm-hmm. I think I saw a quote that said, you know, I consider myself to be the best rapper, and yeah, I don't consider myself to be better than anyone. You know, how do you think that influences your mentality when you're rapping or your interactions with other rappers? Yeah, I think that. Um, that mentality definitely comes from uh, just being a pure lover of hip hop. Um, and, you know, when you love hip hop, you you listen to the rappers that you listen to and they all think that they're the best, yeah. you know? And so when I started listening to Lil Wayne, he was proclaiming himself as the best rapper alive, you know? And so I didn't start believing it until I started listening to his music and I was like, wow, you really speaks as such like he's confident in himself so much that i believe it too you know mm-hmm. and so um i think that you know even in the christian hip-hop space it's okay to feel like you're the best now mm-hmm. that's not saying hey i'm better than you and i'm better than you and i'm betting you better than you but when i feel like i'm the best that's when i create the best music mm-hmm. you know and, and so that's that's where that truly stems from it's not me I'm still very humble and I'm still, you know, I still respect other artists, you know, and all that. But I feel like for me, in order to create the music that I am truly capable of creating, I have to have the confidence to do so. And so for me, that's saying, hey, I'm the best at what I do. Like, this is what I do. Nobody's stopping me from Mm. making great music, you know. And so when I have that mentality, that's when I create great songs. Hey, I agree. Honestly, confidence just... Sure. helps you like perform so much better produce better stuff and obviously if you're anointed and god's helping you you mm-hmm. know obviously you're gonna be Absolutely. creating some fire stuff you know yeah so i agree yeah thank you thank you i appreciate that so we were all talking about the importance of music in your life so my question is what are your top five artists that you listen to right now what is in your playlist hmm so before I before I name them, I will say that I am the type of artist that listens to all art. Mm-hmm. So I do somewhat listen to secular music, mm-hmm. um, and it's not to it's not to, because like I it's not for the content. I'll just say that it's definitely not for that. But when we talk about art and being an artist, um, I like to listen to everything because I like to listen to. What appeals to me? What what can influence me um, as far as even cadences um, or flows? Um, 
you know, uh, beat styles, um, what's relevant today. Um, I listen to, um, I listen to jazz, you know, mm-hmm. I listen to R and B. So I listen to a lot of, lot of different people. I would say my top five right now probably be, um, I like blast. I, have, I don't know if you guys have heard of blast. He's an artist out of Los Angeles. No, um, no, no. I, Okay, yeah, I like him. Of course, Drake. That's probably my favorite artist, hands down. I thought you were going to um, say Eddie Clark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I listen to myself yeah. a lot. Yeah. I really do. I listen to myself a whole lot. So, yes, I am in that top five. Oh, sure, I feel like no that's word. great, though. That's great because it's preaching to yourself, and that's a good thing. You know, before you want to preach yeah. to anyone else, it preaches to yourself, mm-hmm. right? So. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and also... I'll say this too, like I'm my biggest, I'm my biggest critique too. Mm. So like a lot of times I'll listen to a song and I'm like, okay, I possibly could have done this different or like maybe I can make a song that sounds like this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I like to listen to my music for those reasons too. Um, I really like, like I said, Bizzle um, is a big one. And I'll probably say lately, I've been listening to a lot of Kieran the Light. Like that's really a close friend of mine. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard his, heard of his music. He's out of Louisiana as well. Um, but yeah, just real edifying sound, man. Like the dude can just spit and he can, mm. he raps like it's easy. He raps like he can go for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Like I like people that sound like that, that sound like it's not just written and they, ha- Some, sometimes like as artists, we can know when people are going through writer's block. And for me, with Kieran, when I hear his music, I'm just like, yo, like he really is just coming off, coming off the top of his head with these rhymes, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's so that's no particular order. But, mm. yeah, that's my five. For sure. Going along with that, how do you prepare to make your music? Obviously, you're in the presence of God, right? But is there any tricks that you have to, to you know, help you, like, just concentrate on what you want to say or what message or who to impact, all this type of stuff, right? Yes, yes. So I do have um, a unique um, writing style when I write my music. A lot of times I like to be in places of solitude. So, Mm. um, you know, I live in Canton, Georgia, and it's kind of a rural area in the Atlanta area um, where there's like a lake not too far from here. And so I go to this lake and I'll sit out at the lake and I'll write. Um, And so a lot of my songs... Mm have come from me just sitting out there. Um, also, um, you know, when I'm in my car driving, I like to make driving music, hey. songs that you can be in the car and just kind of, you know, For ride sure. to. Um, I'll listen to beats, you know, while I'm driving and um, kind of just, you know, freestyle words. But one thing about me, I create melodies before I create um, my lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I like to come up with a melody first and then once I figure out that melody, then I'll put words to that melody. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, when I listen to music in a car, um, it might be in the car or, you know, just in places alone. I usually, you know, some people like to go to the studio and they like to write in the studio and like then lay it down right there in the studio. But my engineers will tell you my mm. stuff. Usually it's already, already written. I already know where the ad libs are going to go. Yeah. I know where everything mm. is going to go. <laughs> Before I even go to the studio, because for me, time is money. Uh, for sure. So I'm usually paying studio time and I'm like, I don't want to spend that time uh. 
coming up with the lines. I'd rather have it all ready to go. That way, you know, if I book a session for four hours, I can get three songs done because they're already all written yeah. and ready to go. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I definitely like to write. Um, and I definitely like to write in nature. I'm a mm -hmm. nature boy. So, yeah, yeah, I might take a hike up a mountain. And once I get to the top <laughs> of the mountain, I'll write. Yeah, <laughs> That's the stuff I like. For sure. Going Even going along with that, I noticed like, I'd be watching your all of your or i'd be listening to all your music and for a lot of people obviously we want to pull out the best that we can but i really see that you put quality over quantity and you know, i'm like listening to all your songs and i'm like dang all of these are hitting right and obviously so how do you uh without my question to you is how do you just like reflect on that where uh where you put out quality not just quantity where you're like patient on what you're going to do like it might be in a rush you're like oh i haven't posted music in a while and i really need a post but how do you just keep it quality all the time i appreciate that because me myself i feel like i'm very much more quantity over quality so. oh, really? <laughs> yeah like um i feel like sometimes i get in spaces like you said where i've put out um, you know, uh, some material and I truly don't let it sit for a long time. I don't feel like I, um, I, but I feel like my fan base, you know, they'll be wanting for more when it's mm -hmm. time for time for me to drop again, which is yeah. a good thing. Um, I, I want to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's definitely, you know, there's definitely songs nobody has heard because, you know, it just didn't make the cut. So yeah. for me, what I like to do is I'll make a song and I'll sit on it for a couple months. Um, and the reason why I do that is because I want to see for me, does this song stay with me? And do I still feel the same months later than I felt when I first made it? Wow. And so if that's the case, then usually you guys will get to hear it. <laughs> if it doesn't, <laughs> then it's, it, it goes to the wayside. And yeah. so, um, that's really, I think that's helped me kind of create longevity when it comes mm -hmm. to my songs where they're able to be timeless and not just for a specific time um, is because I've sat on it as well and kind of tested it to see if it stands the test of time before it's released to the public. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned that you were in a relationship, bro. And uh, yeah. being young guys, you know, and a lot audience is pretty young, you know, how do you know, like, yeah. you know, like this is a woman of God and this is a woman I should go after, you know, and, what difference does it make having a woman of God versus having a woman yeah. that isn't well, godly, you know? Yeah, that's very important. And I've definitely had my relationships where I knew that it wasn't of God. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one thing about me, I'm a little different when it comes to um, marriage and you know, who we choose to be our partner. I truly believe that it's our choice. Yeah. And I believe that um, God will endorse whoever we choose, if it is that person that he feels, you know, is right for us. Now, I believe that when we choose this person, we definitely need to see what do they do as women of God without me being there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So is she truly in her walk before I came along? Yeah. Was she already, you know, um, practicing her faith and, mm. you know, trying to learn and truly 
me, I need a leader because I'm a leader. So I need somebody who can lead as well, who can be a teacher of some sort, you know, with me. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm looking for that. But I'm also looking at how she conducts herself as a woman. Yeah. You know, is she somebody who is not out here for the streets? Is mm. she somebody who, Forever. you know, values herself yeah. so much to say, hey, like, my body is my temple. I am a daughter of God and we are not going to have sex before marriage. That's just something that I'm not going to do. You need to, those are questions that need to be asked before you even take that next step. Yeah. Because, you know, I've dealt with women who were weak in that area. And as men, we can't have somebody who's weak in that area. I need mm-hmm. somebody who's going to be strong when I'm weak. And, and when I'm weak, they're strong. You know what I'm saying? So um, for me, that was important. Um, but then also, how are you guys as friends? Yeah. You know, I think we put a lot of value in dating, but we don't put a lot of value in friendships. And that's extremely important. You know, me and my girlfriend, we were best friends for like a year and a half before we even started mm. dating. So it was easy. You mm. know, it was very <laughs> organic where, yeah. you know, we had a night and we were just like, it was almost like, a, what are we doing? Like, we're best friends. We're going out to dinner as best friends. Like, why are we doing that? <laughs> you know? So yeah. it was just like, okay. And I think it was that night where we had that conversation that I started to look at her like, mm. yo, like, I need to do this. I need to just go ahead and wrap this up. Like, yeah. she need to, I just got to lock it in. You know what I'm saying? And so we did that. And we'll be two years next month. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely serious. Um, she's definitely somebody that um, she has all the qualities that you look for in a wife. But I'll say it's been um, it hasn't been easy. You know, um, there's been counseling needed, um, not not in a bad way, but just, you know, number one for compatibility. Are you compatible with this woman? Um, and then two, learning each other. I mean, because you can yeah. I think. You know, a lot of times when you're in long term relationships, you get to a point where you're comfortable mm. and the conversation stops. You know, conversation is easy when you're dating. You know, it's easy to like start conversations, try to keep conversations and stuff like that. But when y'all are comfortable and you're just laid back, there's nothing, nothing to talk about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so reading together, um, we, we start reading Christian books together just recently. And that's been huge for us. We started to have conversations that we've never had before um and so yeah like you know just truly learning each other and knowing that as we continue our lives together we're going to continue to learn about each other and trying to do that intentionally it's good bro we're going to be waiting for that invitation bro for the the wedding (laughs) (laughs) i got you we're going to catch the ramo <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we'll fly out. <laughs> yeah. Um, a question I had was, um, out of any of the people in the Bible or any of the characters in the Bible, who do you identify with the most, and why? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I love. Hmm, who do I identify with the most? The two people that come to mind are first Joseph, mm. um, because 
not that like you know my brothers or anything put yeah. me in you know put me in a pit <laughs> just threw you away. <laughs> but just you know the diversity that he overcame yeah um the way that god was able to elevate him and the passion that he still had for his brothers after he was able to receive what he received from God, the blessings that he received from God, you know, how he was able to come back and, and you know, still look at them the same way. Um, I think I'm one of those people that definitely has grace um, to where, you know, yeah, I've been I've been done wrong by some people, but I'm able to, you know, still look at them and see the best in people and see the good in people. You know what I'm saying? And so I definitely feel like I relate to Joseph a lot. I think another person would be Job. Mm -hmm. Um, I just love that story. Um, And I love how, although he lost everything, he, and I know he kind of questioned God. Oh, can you you see me? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. No, you're good. I know he kind of questioned God and, you know, in his calamity um, and God kind of gave him the answer that, you know, I am God. And that's just that. Like, he didn't really give him a real answer. Um, But I think that story just really penetrates me a lot because a lot of people will ask me the question, like, why do bad things happen to good people or why does God do this? And, you know, um, there's no answer for it or anything like that. Like Job is always a story that I cling to because it helps me understand that no matter what I'm going through, I don't have the answer, Mm. you know? And, and I even made a song about that called, I don't have the answers where I talk about the fact that I am just going to rest on the fact that God knows the answers and I don't, and I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm choosing to be okay with that. Mm. And so Job is somebody that I can relate to a lot. I feel like both of these characters in the Bible, they both had really, you know, they were going good and they had these real down moments, but they overcame that adversity. And like you were talking about how your parents were divorced at a young age. How do you feel like, did you have that really down point that you just overcame with God's help, that he just took you out of that place and, you know, he made you into this artist that, you know, influences a lot of people to overcome that as well. Was was there that down point in your life? Yeah, so actually my parents divorced when I was 20. Um, so I was an adult, but I didn't really understand the impact that it would have on my dating life, Mm. um, specifically. So, um, at 20, I was still in the world. Um, I after the divorce, I became very cold hearted. Um, I became very promiscuous, um, during that season of my life and, um, when it finally became time for me to settle down, that's when the real issues arose. And, and those issues really stemmed from not wanting to marry somebody and then 20 years down the line end up divorcing them yeah. mm-hmm. because they were 20 years married when they, divor- wow. when they divorced. So um, having that fear, it was pretty much a fear of marriage. It was a mm-hmm. fear of commitment. For sure. um, that I dealt with for a good portion of my 20s. I'm 30 now. I just turned 30 in August. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely dealt with like not wanting to commit. If I would date a woman, like if she did one thing wrong, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, she ain't the one. <laughs> I can't deal with. 
know, da, 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 da. Yeah. so um and then when I w- I did get into a long-term relationship before this one mm. and um you know I really felt like the the fact that I wasn't over those issues yeah I had to leave because I truly wasn't whole like I couldn't mm. I knew I couldn't take the next step without figuring this out sure. you know and so um I had conversations with my parents finally one-on-one conversations with each of them mm. and kind of you know got to the root of why I felt that way yeah. and so it took you know really talking to him really talking to God him helping me heal through that um that I was able to truly find peace in my parents divorce mm. and learning that um you know when people get married they don't plan to get divorced yeah um so you know my parents didn't plan to get divorced and then I have to also, I had to also realize that I'm not my parents, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to end up just like them, you know? And so my, my story and my life is different from theirs, you know? And so um, once I truly understood that, then I was able to be whole and I'm in a great place today. You know, my heart, my heart is in a completely different place and I'm great. For sure. You said something I even relate to. You said that even like little stuff in the past would tick you off where you were like, you know what, this person may not be the person I can personally relate to that. And also I had parents that were divorced at a young age. I was like eight years old mm-hmm. when my parents got divorced. So I can relate to that. Yeah. Not not having the answers, you know, maybe even blaming yourself, like all these things just accumulating and like, you know, just little stuff taking me off. So I can really relate to that. So how what would you tell right. someone like that's encouraged or that wants to break these generational curses off of their life that you know what they're not their parents they're not like they want to get married and they they don't want to end up divorced all this type of stuff what would you say to that person that's struggling through all that i would say that when it comes to generational curses um first off if you acknowledge that it's a generational curse then you have a decision to make Mm. and that's are you going to continue that cycle or are you going to break the cycle? Yeah. And so when you make the commitment to be different, then you have to own that and yeah. you have to walk. In that. So, um, you know, for me, I know my parents are great people, although their, their marriage didn't work out. I know the effects of that, what the, uh, the effects of that divorce had on our family. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't want my family to be split apart. Mm. I know that once I get married, I'm locked down and that's it for me because it's been tough. You know, I have to split my, my Thanksgivings like half and half, make sure I'm spending enough time with this parent and, you know, enough time with the other parents. Same with Christmas. Got to do the same thing for that. And then now, now I have an extended family because I have a girlfriend. So now, thirds you know what i'm saying i have to spend time with her family spend time with my dad and spend time with my mom and so it's like you know i don't want to i don't want my kids to have to do what i have to do you know and so um for me and that's just one example of course but um it's just certain things like that like i don't want to put my family through that and i won't put my family through that so i know when i tie the knot i'm gonna be sure and that's just that hey uh, before we wrap up in prayer, I just wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we tend to do this a lot or we try to do this uh, every every time that we have a guest. You know, yeah. we ask them, like, what do you want to say to the youth of America? The mic is open. Anything you want to say? Go for it. OK. Um, so to the youth, 
what I really want to say is that, you know, you have so much life that you still have to live. Hmm. Um, a lot of us don't cherish our youth. Yeah. I wish I could go back to my youth. I think a lot of us wish we could go back to our youth. And so these times are pivotal. Um, while you should have fun, um, I think your faith is one thing that you can't lack on. I'm grateful that at 22 years, I was still alive to change my life, you know? And so at whatever age you're at, now is the time to make that decision to follow Christ. Yeah. And that's not something, it's not something to be scared of. Um, because a lot of times people will look at you and they'll say, Hey, if you don't follow Christ, you're going to hell. No, that's yeah. not what, that's not what I'm going to tell you. Cause that's not true. That's not how the gospel is truly preached. You know, when you are saved, you're saved by grace through faith. All you have to do is believe. There's no works involved. There's nothing that you have to do to earn your salvation, you know? And so, but now is the time to do that because look at the world around you. As you continue to get older, you may be young now, you might not see it yet. But as you continue to get older, you're going to see how the world is. And when you see how evil the world is, you'll understand why we made decision, why we made the, the decision to believe and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are sinners mm. and we need somebody to come in and save us. Yeah. And this relationship with God that we have has been reconciled by Jesus Christ. And so if if the decision is not made, I hate to break the news to you, but your eternity is going to be much longer than your time here on earth. Mm -hmm. And you don't want that to be in a place you, you don't want to go. Yeah. So as a youth, I'm encouraging you to please make that decision. It's, it's probably the biggest decision that you're going to make thus far. Mm -hmm. Once you make this decision, what you do when you grow up, is going to take care of itself. Who yeah. you marry is going to take care of itself. The money that you make in this lifetime is going to take care of this, uh, itself, you know, but those things are, are just lifetime decisions. Yeah. I'm asking you to make an eternity decision. Mm. That's something far, far more serious. Yeah. So, um, do what you love. That'll be the other thing. Do what you love. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything. Mm. Um, especially the older people, because a lot of them are fearful, uh, or not only are they fearful, but they failed at what they tried to do. Yeah. Don't be afraid of failure. Mm. Failure is a part of success. And you'll find that a lot of the most successful people have failed before wow. they reach, before they reach success. Mm -hmm. So don't listen to anybody when they tell you, no, you continue to keep doing what you love, continue to honor God acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight mm. and you know seek his righteousness and all those things will be added unto you so yeah that's what i gotta say for them Dang. real Dang. quick before we end this podcast we just even want to pray for you eddie so we could just get this time of pray for you 
So, um, Father you. God, we just want to pray for Eddie. We just want to pray for his ministry and his music, God, that you would just continue to use him, Lord, that, that there's lost souls out there that he's just reaching through his Amen. music, God. That you, he would just see blessings, miracles, signs, and wonders over his ministry, over his music, even over his relationship, God. As he gets closer to you, he just sees everything coming good. To, he's, he just sees so many blessings over his life because he's obedient to you, because he has the faith to continue walking on the firm foundation that you have put him on. So we just declare declare blessings over his ministry, blessings over his relationship, God, and that you would continue to use him, God, that you've given him breath in his lungs and he knows the sole purpose why he has breath in his lungs to serve you, God. So we just thank you for his life. We thank you for the opportunity just to talk to him tonight, God. And we just thank you for everything that you're going to continue to use his life for. So we just thank you, God, in your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. I appreciate this. Thank you for giving your time, bro, and for opening up, bro. We appreciate you, bro. No problem. No problem. All right. All right, for so sure. Rap, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Eddie. No problem. I'll talk to you guys later. God bless you, bro. Have a good one. All right, take care.